0: you're listening to radio looks lucid i'm your host steve matthews thanks for joining me for episode 67 the title of this episode is joe biden's vaccine tyranny well i know this isn't my usual time for for doing a live stream uh it's it's a thursday i normally do these on saturday Uh, but i'm actually got i'm gonna be out of town this weekend i'm going to a a men's retreat with my church and i don't think i'm going to be able to probably do uh, a podcast or a live stream over the weekend, so I thought I'd go ahead and and try to do it tonight uh, for you. I have to admit I didn't have as much time for preparation as what I normally do, and I kind of had to put some things together a little a little bit quickly here. So if I'm not my 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 normal um, professional self here on the uh, uh, on the podcast, well, have mercy on me. I'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so thanks and uh, thanks for uh, joining me here this evening, and uh, again, welcome to the podcast. Boy, you, you know, I, I have to say, I, I'm really missing summer more and more every day. Um, we had some really lovely fall weather here today. You know, it was cold, it was rainy, and it was overcast and dark and depressing. Uh, you know, I really do miss the warm, sunny days of summer, but uh, oh well. Um, I guess the one thing I can, can comfort myself with is here is we're most of the way through the process of the days getting shorter. Um, I guess we've got what about five, maybe six more weeks or so of that, and, and then, and then it starts getting longer. And I always use that to comfort myself in January because, you know, in January, it's always cold and nasty in February, but I say, well, at least the days are getting longer. So I guess there's something to be said for that anyway. Um, it's something else I learned here this week, um, and, and that is I, I really, really, really hate government regulation. I mean, not that that's something new. I've always hated government regulation. I believe in, in limited constitutional government, so I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of the regulatory state. But I, I have another reason to, to really hate government regulation, and that comes from having uh, this new job that I, I started three weeks ago. I'm having to study for a test. It's a, a securities license test. And uh, this thing is just nasty, and it's all this government regulation stuff, and it's all stuff that I really don't, I couldn't care less about on one hand, and on the other hand, I, I guess I have to care about it because my job is involved with it, so, um, but yeah, it's, I can think of a whole lot of things I'd rather spend my my time and, uh, and brain power on than, uh, than learning about government regulations, but I guess that's just kind of the way it is. And, uh, oh, you know, there's something else, you know, speaking of my new job, there's one other thing that's that's been kind of interesting the last few weeks is for the first time in my life, I've actually had to wear a suit to the office. I have worn a suit more in the last three weeks than I probably have in the last 10 years. And I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. I think that could actually very well be true. You know, I was the kind of person I'd go out and I'd buy a suit maybe to do a job interview or something like that. And then I wouldn't get out of the closet for maybe another year until I had to go to some other unusual type of a formal event or something. But, um, you know, I've always avoided suits like the plague, and now I'm having to wear them every day. In one respect, I I haven't really minded so much, but... Yeah, it's just it's just different. It's it's a very different different thing, especially over the last year and a half. You know, I'm, I've been working from home, and pretty much my uniform was, um, you know, some old jeans and a t shirt, or shorts and a t shirt, or something like that. Which I have to admit was actually pretty nice. Um, I I, I kind of like that. So uh, so yeah, it's been a bit of a culture shock for me to to go to the uh, the suit and tie routine at at work, especially after uh, all these <laughs> years of not having to do it. Well, anyway, um, without further ado, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive in and and uh, see what we can find out here. Uh, the first story I wanted to talk to you about here is is uh, of course Joe Biden's vaccine tyranny, which is is this really the uh, the title of this podcast. And one of the things that inspired that was this particular. Uh, oh, you know, I don't have my screen share up. Let me get my let me get my screen share going here. Got to get that going. All right. Yeah, here we go. This is a story that appeared on CNBC here just a few days ago. It was on November the 8th. And the headline here is White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court-ordered pause. And uh, it it reports here that says the White House on Monday said businesses should move forward with requirements despite the court-ordered pause. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, considered one of the most conservative appellate courts in the country, halted the requirement Saturday pending review. There are also Republican attorneys general in at least 26 states who've challenged President Joe Biden's vaccine and testing requirements in five different U.S. appeals courts. And the Biden administration asked the court to lift the pause Monday evening claiming it could cost dozens or hundreds of lives per day. Well, I mean, that's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, if you look at the statistics on the COVID vaccine, um, the more more vaccinated the country, the more cases of COVID there are. You know, the, uh, the White House has been trying to push this um this uh false fake news about a pandemic of the unvaccinated when really it's been a pa- you know if it's a pandemic at all which i i don't think it is i mean this is uh well i could go off on a long tangent on that but let's not go off a tangent on on uh, on that stuff right now on the on the issues surrounding a certain virus but let's just say i i don't think it's a pandemic and i never have bought into this stuff Uh, But that's, uh, we we could go on on a long tangent on that. And I'm not going to do that right now. But no, um, you know, Joe Biden is just uh, full of his usual hot air uh, in talking about that. Uh, But one of the things I guess it's extraordinary to me about it is just how hard... The Biden administration, or I should say really properly the Biden regime, let's not call it an administration, I will call it the Biden regime, uh, really is pushing the everything vaccine and, and COVID-related. They just push, 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 push. And this in spite of the fact that very obviously people don't want it. And yet they, they keep trying to force this down everybody's throat. And that's highly suggestive to me that there's a a more sinister agenda behind uh, the whole vaccine push uh, by the Biden folks. It seems to have something to do with social control and, and, uh, you know, vaccine passports and and these kinds of things, where they um, really centralize control over people's lives in a way that it's never been done before. And there could be other things that that go together with that. I mean, some people have suggested that it's a a depopulation agenda, and and I'm not going to argue with that. They they may very well be right. And again, that's we could go on down on a long uh, long tangent on that, but I'm I'm just going to mention that and. You know, say I, I think that that's something that should be seriously considered. Um, that that this is a deliberate act, um, possibly try to kill people. Um, you know, we'll just uh, we'll have to see and uh, and research that perhaps a bit more here. One thing that's interesting here, of course, about the the vaccine mandate, of course, this is the mandate that everybody who works for an employer of uh, 100 and more people, you have to be vaccinated or they're going to level massive fines on people. And of course, what that's going to do is result in tremendous job loss or it certainly has the potential to do that if, in fact, this uh, mandate goes into effect. It's scheduled to go into effect, at least the original request was to go into effect on on January the 4th, so that's less than two months from now, so there are millions of Americans who are facing a possible uh, loss of a job here in just a couple months. And you know, we're in a situation where these Americans are being forced to choose between either, on the one hand, taking a a vaccine which they deem to be dangerous or maybe opposed for, for other reasons, and on the other hand, simply going about the business and earning a job. And, you know, there is, in my opinion, there's not one single constitutional shred that this mandate stands on. Uh, it is unconstitutional, it is unchristian, it is immoral, and it is tyrannical. And yet this is what we're looking at. And And I would really encourage you, regardless of what your stance is on the vaccine, I mean, maybe you're vaccinated, maybe you think the vaccine is, is a fine thing, and 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 that's fine if if that's what you believe, but I would hope that that we could all agree if at least if we're Christians anyway, if we could all agree that there shouldn't be any mandates to take a vaccine I mean, if the vaccine really is and it works the way you know if its if it does what a vaccine normally is supposed to do, then you know if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't have anything to be concerned about because you can't get the disease but of course. We know that that vaccinated people can get the disease, and and I understand that the uh, the Biden regime or Fauci or someone actually re uh, changed the definition of a vaccine on I think I believe it was the CDC website um, in order to make these you know the Moderna and the Pfizer shots um, qualify as vaccines because it used to be I mean the idea of a vaccine was you know you got a vaccine you got a vaccine for polio you weren't going to get polio. Or if you got a vaccine for tetanus, you weren't going to get tetanus. You were protected against those things. But here we've got these shots that don't keep you from getting the virus. They don't keep you from spreading the virus. And the only argument that I hear from this is from some quarters, they say that, well, it it keeps you from getting really sick. And I don't even know that that's true. You know, and here's the other thing that, that's very suspicious about this, of course, is that the the Biden regime and the powers that be, and it's not just Biden. This actually even went back under Trump, though. The powers that be, the CDC, the you know, and, and I don't know who else, but they have uh, removed the ability of doctors and hospitals to give early, effective treatment to the virus. And there are a number. There are medications out there that have been shown to be effective in treating uh, in treating COVID uh, at early stages, and even after people have had it for a while. And they're simple, or they're low cost. And and of course, I think that's in part the problem, from uh, at least the standpoint of, of certain people. If you, you may have seen this past week the uh, it was the uh, the CEO of Pfizer. This guy's name is Borla. He actually called people who were leveling criticisms at the Pfizer virus, he called them criminals, uh, which is a pretty harsh term to use. I mean, criminals are punished. Pr- criminals are locked up. Uh, but he said that they should, you know, that apparently these people, in, in his opinion, were spreading, quote, false information or uh, criminals. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but I disagree with Albert Borla. You know, and, and I think if anybody's uh, if criminal applies to anybody, I think it certainly could be uh, applied to uh, to him. For some of the things that he has done, but at any rate, I mean, here we are as Americans, you know, faced with this this choice of either getting the jab or or losing a job, and that's not that that's not a choice that anyone should have to make in a a Christian republic, in a constitutional republic, and yet uh, we're having to make that choice because we have a president and because we have people in officials in high places who have no respect for the constitution and no respect for liberty and i would really encourage you know regardless of what your stance is on the vaccine pray for your fellow americans pray for those believers out there who are facing uh some uh, a very difficult choice in the not too distant future now we can pray that this changes maybe this will go away i mean two months and in one in, in one respect politically two months is a long time but in another way, it's not a long time. And, and there are people that are, are faced with the serious prospect in the near future of being unemployable, uh, simply because they don't agree to, uh, to take a particular medicine that a particular president uh, seems to think is, uh, he has the right to force on them. Uh, I think that that is, is a very evil thing. And I think what's being done by our government is very evil. I think it's kind of interesting you know, that we have a government here who at the same time they're threatening to put millions of Americans out of work. And these are hardworking, law-abiding, decent Americans here. They want to put them out of work. At the same time, they want to give um, fabulous cash and prizes to illegal aliens who violate our immigration laws. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I, I think it's very interesting that the, this administration, this this regime wants to punish Americans, while at the same time uh, rewarding those who break our laws. Uh, very interesting. You almost get the idea maybe that this particular government hates the American people. Uh, one could certainly come away with that impression. Now, the uh, second story I wanted to talk here about, this has to do with a... Uh, <laughs> The story of inflation. Uh, you may have seen, and you know, I thought I had this here. You know, I guess I don't. I had a story on, uh, on. Yeah, uh, you know, let's see. It was inflation. Let me see if I can find that here. So this is what happens when you don't, when you try to do things fast. Um, Oh, well, we'll just go with this one. Why not? This is a uh, story here from the, uh, where is this thing from? Uh, CBS News. Okay, the source of CBS News here. The headline, it says, Biden says inflation is worrisome in speech at Port of Baltimore. And he comes out and he says, uh, the American people in the midst of an economic crisis, that recovery is showing strong results, but not to them. They're still looking out there. Everything from a gallon of gas to a loaf of bread costs more, and it's worrisome. Even though wages are going up, well, yes, it is worrisome, and prices are going up much faster than uh, than wages are, which is is always the case. And it, it even gives a, a statistic here. It says the Bureau of Labor Statistics said Wednesday the consumer prices increased six point two percent from the same period of one year ago. Now that's the highest, uh, that's the largest one year increase in, I think since nineteen ninety. Or 1991, it was about a 30-year, you have to go back about 30 years to, uh, to get that, uh, to get a reading that was that high. Now, of course, one thing to keep in mind is that that is a, that, that 6.2% is, let's see, that, that is a, a CPI reading. Consumer price index reading. And the consumer price index is deliberately designed to understate inf- inflation, or I should say, it's designed to understate rising prices. Uh, what Joe Biden calls inflation, what the um, what the uh, the mainstream papers call inflation, is really not inflation at all. What it is is it's rising prices. Yeah, rising prices are not inflation. And it maybe surprises you to hear that. But if you go back and you look at a dictionary, at least if you look at, say, an older dictionary, the definition of, of inflation was actually excess money printing. It was excess money printing. And, of course, who prints the money in the United States? Well, it's the Federal Reserve. It's the central bank. And that's the case the world over. It's central bank money printing. That is inflation. It's excessive money printing by the central banks. And when central banks engage in excessive money printing, one of the results is rising prices. So inflation is not rising prices. Inflation is massive money printing by the Federal Reserve. The rising prices that you and I see at the gas pump or at the grocery store or for other things we shop for, that's a result of inflation. It's not inflation itself. And that's an important distinction to make, and I think the reason why you don't why they have shifted the definition of inflation to um, now make it the result of inflation is it because it takes the focus off of the real problem, which is the Federal Reserve. This is one of the things that if if As you watch the news and as if you want to be an intelligent consumer of the news, you have to ask yourself, you know, what's the actual story behind the story? Because the mainstream press, one of the principal jobs of the mainstream press is to lie to you. You know, there was this saying and uh, if, if you follow Ron Paul's work you you see him quote this. He quotes William Casey, who was the uh, CIA director. And this was a quote from back in 1982. And I'm not going to get it exactly right. But uh, Casey said something like this. He said, we'll know that our mission is is complete when everything the American people believe is false. And if if all you do is get your news from the mainstream media... You're not going to have a clue of as, as to what's going on in the world. And you will spend, I mean, I, you can watch the nightly news, you can read in the mainstream newspapers from now until doomsday, and you will never learn from them that it's the Federal Reserve Board. It's the Federal Reserve System. It's the Fed. You know, that, that's the, the, the Federal Reserve. It's the Central Bank of the United States. Even the name of the Fed is a fraud. Um, and when it was instituted back in 1913, they wanted to make sure they didn't call it a central bank because Americans had a, an aversion to the idea of central banking. So they called it the Federal Reserve System. Is, is the the name of, of the Fed but it's the central Bank of the United States in the same way the Bank of England is uh, the central Bank of Great Britain or the Bank of Japan is the Central Bank of Japan the Bank of Japan or or the People's Bank of China is the central Bank of China. Um, so too is the Fed the central bank of, of the United States of America. And they control the flow of, of, uh, of money and credit. And the, the Fed has been creating money at a fantastic pace, uh, for many years now, uh, especially over the last year. In fact, there was uh, some stories that were going around about a year ago this time. They were saying that about 25% of all the dollars in existence had been created just in 2020. So that gives you some idea of how much the supply of dollars has been increased by the by the Federal Reserve, and all of that massive, massive oceans of money that the Fed has printed well it 's resulting in rising prices. And, as I mentioned, you know the CPI the consumer price index that 's actually designed to mislead you as to how much prices are really going up there 's an interesting website and i 've got it uh, pulled up here on the uh, on the screen share it 's called shadow government statistics it 's run by a gentleman named John Williams, and he purports to calculate inflation the old fashioned way. This is something a lot of people don 't know either, and that is that the government has made some significant changes to the way Inflation, the the consumer price index is calculated over the years, and on this page he gives he actually gives uh, a couple of different uh, a couple of different methods. Um, one is calculated based on the 1990 method uh, of of calculating inflation. This was this was a method, and he he claims that he uses the method that was used by the by the U.S. government itself in 1990. To come up with this number and you can see if you're looking at this you can see there are two charts. You can see there's a lower one in red and an upper one in blue. The lower one in red is the official number. And that number it comes out you you can see there it's it's just a, a hair over 6%. And then if you look at the blue line this is the the using the 1990 method of calculating you can see it's almost 10%. So. If you use the 1990 method of calculation, you're going to get a much higher number than even what the government's reporting. Very interesting. And then he's got a second uh, calculation here, and this one is based on the 1980 method that the government used for for calculating inflation. And if you look at this, you can see here. There's the bottom uh, the the bottom chart, and you can see here it's according to the current CPI calculation, it's it's about six percent. But if you go up to the, the blue line here, which is the 1980, uh, which is the, the inflation rising prices based on the 1980 method of calculating rising prices, it's almost 15%. So, I mean, that's well over twice what the official number, the current official number is. But whatever number you use, I mean, it's an atrocious number. Even take the most conservative, 6.2%. That's an appalling number. And the month-over-month month, uh, consumer price uh, index went up, I think it was 0.9%. So, I mean, if you annualize that, you get something like 11%. Um, and, and just the uh, the day or two before that, the, uh, the producer price index came out. And it was even higher. I think the producer price index was something like 8. It was over 8%. Uh, year over year. So, I mean, inflation is not slowing down. I mean, it's, it, if anything, you know, it's speeding up. And when I say inflation, um, I'm, I'm using the, uh, the, the, the colloquial, the, the common, uh, use of that term. And that is to describe rising prices. Even though we know, we know the proper term for inflation is money printing by the Fed. When you go out and you read this stuff in the press, they always define inflation, either formally or, or sort of by implication, as rising prices. And again, they do that to, to, to get your eye off the ball. You know, the, the thing with the news media, it's always look over here, don't look over here. You know, you think about that, you know, there's that, that great scene in The Wizard of Oz you know where where you know Dorothy and all the her friends there. They're in front of the Wizard of Oz and this thunder and lightning and smoke and all fire and all this other stuff. You know and Toto goes over and he pulls the curtain back and and you know he's paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. You know and the Wizard of Oz isn't this 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 apparition this terrifying apparition up in front of them. It's this kind of nerdy guy over there in a control booth pushing buttons and pulling levers, um, but you know all, all of the the sound and fury and strum and drama and fire and all this other stuff it, that, that gets your attention it focuses your attention on that and you don't see where the real action is, which is is over here someplace and that's that's one of the jobs of the news media is to misdirect your attention. It focuses you on the result and not the cause. And then you get these these silly kinds of articles like like this where where Biden says, yeah, you know it's it's really, really worrisome. And the White House insisted in a statement Wednesday that taming inflation is a priority for the administration. Well, what are they going to do? You know, what's what's the solution to all of this? Um, well, Biden tells us he says uh, he says that by investing in our roads and bridges or ports and so much else, this bill is going to make it easier for companies to get goods to market more quickly. You've heard me say it before: infrastructure. Infrastructure used to be rated in the United States as the best in the world when I got to Congress, but today, according to the World Economic Forum. <laughs> Yeah, the World Economic Forum. Okay, yeah, that's that's that uh, group headed by Dr. Evil, also known as uh, Klaus Schwab. Uh, he's the one, you eats eat the bugs and you will like them. Yeah, this guy with this. Uh... <laughs> Klaus Schwab, I mean, the, the guy, he looks like he just, uh, he looks like he's ready. He's auditioning for a role and the, is the, like the next Bond villain. You know, he's like Dr. No or goldfinger or something uh, but he's a real life dude and uh, yeah he's a he's a real piece of work so he's quoting in the world economic forum and you know where we rank in infrastructure says biden 13th in the world 12 countries in the world have more modern efficient infrastructure than the united states so that's what we need to do we need to go out and we need to spend two trillion dollars on this non-infrastructure bill so we can go build i don't know what a bridge to nowhere or something like that and that's going to solve all the inflation problems I mean, what a bunch of nonsense. I mean, this is just complete, utter hooey. And, and you know, Biden, I mean, he, he really insults our intelligence by coming out and talking like this. Uh, I mean, and that's fairly typical of politicians. Uh, but, I mean, this is just complete nonsense. And, in, in fact, here, here's a uh, another story that I found. Let's see. This is uh, – yeah, that's not it. Oh, here it is. This is the one that I wanted. Yeah, the White House says, is, says its plans will slow inflation. The big question is when. The Biden administration has argued that its infrastructure and broader economic package will slow rapid price increases, but that will take time. Well, that's just complete bunk. And in fact, if they pass this infrastructure bill, it's likely to cause prices to go up faster. And why would that happen? Because the government is planning on spending at least $2 trillion, and it's probably more. But who knows? Let's just use their figure. It's like $1.85 billion or something. Let's call it $2 trillion. So they're going to spend this $2 trillion package. This is money that we don't have. It's not like there's a savings account. It's not like this money's sitting around in a trust fund somewhere. It doesn't exist. It's going to have to be printed into existence. And how is that going to happen? Well, the government is going to issue bonds, and then the Federal Reserve is going to print massive amounts of money to buy those bonds. That's how it works. So the the more the government goes into debt, the more the federal gov- the more the federal reserve has to print, but you know, that is it has to create more and more and more dollars, faster and faster and faster, and shove them into the system. And that is what results in prices going up. So if they pass this infrastructure bill, there's every reason to think that inflation will go up faster. This is going this will not do anything to stop inflation. This is a complete lie. It's bogus nonsense. And I mean, I, I have to think that that the people who are, are putting these words in his mouth, they know that what they're saying is a lie. It's a fraud. It's a sham. And it's, it's embarrassing. And Christians should reject this out of hand. I mean, this is one of the great problems that we have to really deal with here uh, in our time. And that is everything you hear from an official source, you have to assume it's a lie. Uh there was a I read a quote one time by a fellow I think he was was British and I, I don't remember his his name right now but he he said something like this he said he he uh would uh would disbelieve any rumor until it had been officially denied by the government <laughs> and then he knew it was true and and I think that's probably a pretty wise way of of approaching uh, what you hear uh, from official sources in this country, whether it's coming from the government, whether it's coming from the mainstream media, pretty much everything is a lie, and and you can can be fairly fairly sure about that. So yeah, this this whole idea that passing the infrastructure bill is going to fix inflation—that's a farce. It's a complete lie. Don't believe it. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, my uh, the next topic I was going to talk about. I was going to talk a little bit about immigration treason. And I know that sounds like a pretty strong word, but I don't think there's any I, – I can't think of a word that really fits it better here. Uh, you know, Joe Biden continues to do a fabulous job of, of wrecking America and uh, by implementing the Pope's immigration program. I mean, the whole idea behind the uh, Pope Francis, uh, Joe Biden – Uh, immigration program is to destroy the United States of America as a sovereign nation and fold us into some, make it unmanageable and fold us into some, some globalist disastrous uh, system. That's what they want to do. Uh, You know, the mess on the border, it's not incompetence. The mess that's going on on the border right now, they want this. The Biden, the Biden regime wants what's going on. They want the mess. They want the chaos. They want the, the millions of people flooding over. They, they, they want to reward people for breaking our laws. They want to do that. You know, I mean, again, I, I said this earlier, but I mean, you know, they, they want to punish law-abiding Americans who don't want to take a vaccine. While at the same time, they want to reward, uh, foreign lawbreakers who, uh, you know, with, fabulous cash and prizes you know there's that talk about maybe uh, giving them up to four hundred fifty thousand dollars per individual and maybe a million dollars per family you know i mean this is getting this is like uh like ed mcmahon used to be you know you may already have won now do you think if they do that or even if they just talk about it what do you think is going to happen is that going to tend to bring more people here or fewer now we both know the answer to that You know, in fact, even here's a uh, this is a story uh, from the Wall Street Journal that uh, that kicked that all off. It was uh, back on uh, October twenty eighth, but it says U.S. in talks to pay hundreds of millions of families separated at border. Government is considering payments of four hundred fifty thousand per person affected by Trump administration's zero tolerance policy in twenty eighteen. Well, you know what you know what the proper amount is to give to these people? It's zero. It is zero. They were not harmed. They violated American immigration law. And they came here and of their own accord, they broke the law knowingly. And I don't feel the least bit sorry for them. Uh, nor should anybody else. Um, but I mean the you know I mean what this is, you know, I mean the Bible, you know, Isaiah talked about this. You know, he talked about woe to those who, you know. Call good evil and evil good who put light for darkness and darkness for light and I mean it is exactly what this evil regime is doing you know they flipped everything on its head good is evil evil is good um, and it's it's an extraordinary thing to behold yeah you know, and I just want to go ahead and, and, and wrap things up here a, a bit I mean there's a lot more that can be said about this but I'll uh, leave that for another day but I think it's it's especially important you know as Christians, to pray, you know, we have to be in prayer uh, for ourselves that we have the wisdom, that we have the the courage to be able to speak and to stand up when we need to. I mean, this whole Biden uh, vaccine mandate. You know, I, I I put something out on Facebook this week, and and I had uh, one of my my friends made the comment, or he commented. This isn't a verbatim quote, but he he commented. He said basically that the Biden people are bluffing, and it's just a matter of whether. You know the American people are willing to stand up and say no uh, to this tyranny, and he's absolutely right about that. I, I I completely agree with that. So I I would encourage you, as as uh, as brothers in Christ, to stand up, to speak out, to not run and not be afraid of this this evil tyrant that we have in the White House. Don't be afraid of his commands. You know there is that uh, that wonderful uh, account in uh, Exodus chapter one. You know it talks about the Hebrew midwives. You know and they were ordered to to throw the male children into uh, you know, into the river, and and uh, and they wouldn't do it. And and the uh, I think it's in in the in the book of Hebrews and in, in chapter eleven and what you know the sort of the roll call of the of the, uh, the you know the the heroes of the faith and and. Yeah, it says you know they 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 disobeyed Pharaoh because they were not afraid of the king's command. I mean, the king the king was commanding something that was immoral and evil, and they wouldn't go along with it. And in like fashion, you know, we have a a president who's commanding things that are immoral and and evil. Yeah, and and our job as Christians is to say no. Now, sometimes they say you know it's like taking a page out of uh, out of Nancy Reagan's playbook. You know, there was that. Uh, Campaign that she had when she was first lady uh, back in the eighties. It you know, was just say no to drugs, and and you know as as Christians we just have to we have to do this. We have to just say no to tyranny. That's part of our job uh, as being salt and light. I've I've mentioned this before, but I had a, a Sunday school teacher years ago made that point. You know, he was talking about uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and and there's the the part where where Christ talks about you know his followers, his believers, his disciples, being salt and, and light. And, and he said that, you know, that's really the job description of a Christian. He's absolutely right about that. I, and that's that stuck with me for years and years. And that really is your job and my job. If you're a follower of Christ, your job is to be salt and light. And one of the ways of being salt and light is is by speaking truth to power. When you have a a tyrannical government, you need to speak up. You need to refute the lies. You need to expose the lies. You need to rebuke, reprove, correct, expose all of the lies that are being told. And good gracious, there are so many of them. And we need to to have courage. We need to encourage one another as well and pray for one another and pray for the country. Uh, These are perilous times that we live in. But, you know, in some ways, I, I really do think that it, it's, it's something of an honor to, to go through some of this. I mean, the, the Lord has put, uh, put you here and put me here. He's put us here for a reason, and, and he's given us a job to do. And instead of being afraid, instead of carrying in fear, instead of you know, worrying and, and, uh, and being demoralized, you know, we need to put on the whole armor of God and go out and fight the good fight and that's what we're called to do. So I would encourage you with that. And you know these these the lies that that they tell are are apparent. And and we do not have to go along with this. You we can go to the scriptures. And and we can refute this nonsense from the scriptures. Using logic, using reason, using wise words. So I would encourage you with that. And they say don't uh, don't get frustrated, don't get down, you know, you know the the Lord uh, the Lord has not abandoned us. He's still here, and, and he will take care of us, and, and he will defend his people. So until next time, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. It's always great to, to be able to do the live stream with you, and uh, also uh, thanks for listening to, for those who are, are listening to this as a podcast. And until next time, may the Spirit of Truth guide you in all truth as you read and study God's Word.